A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the December wedding at Lower Loxley that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the shabby getaway to Gretna Green that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our menage a trois with Lillian is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Moanas, who brings a touch of I'm sorry I haven't a clue to Dumpty Dum. Lucy, if someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a prediction or find a house, a mortgage, a solicitors and instruct them within a week, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Angela for covering me while I was away, Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek Throne in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's garden is looking a treat at the moment, as you know. If you'll follow him on, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, everything has done very well. He has a garden full of cocks, and his plums are magnificent. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> on this week's episode, we have views from Coggy, who doesn't believe in Matt's solicitors, Louise, who's worried about Jill, and Moanus who's making a second appearance and who's losing patience with Emma. But first, let's have Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> We began the week with Fallon messing about with her whatnot. Harassment had lost his cricket trousers. Fallon made him take them off so he didn't get them mucky when he was sucking his strawberry mivy for pudding after he'd eaten all his eggy soldiers. Various people with large incomes and homes told Emma how appalling it was that she should have a chance at her own home, which she dealt with admirable restraint and managed to avoid assaulting anyone with the knobbly side of a flapjack. She did go full on Thomas Hardy, saying, you people think their housing is not for the likes of us, which would have been slightly more dramatic if she'd been standing there with straw in her hair, whittling a twig, rather than twirling her hair extensions in an upmarket cafe and dropping her gel nails in the scone mix. The village's <laughs> PA system has packed up, so basically Kenton's life as he knows it is to all intents and purposes over. The committee discussed the possibility of Hootie Jill stepping in, as she wouldn't even need a loud hailer, but they decided the probable insurance <laughs> claims for resulting hearing loss would be too damaging. So instead, Alice, the astro physicist wedding planning farmer did her usual fulfillment job alice is so well-meaning she is sodding dangerous she sees a void right we need someone to do x she walks around the village and literally the first person she bumps into she bullies cajoles and pleads with until they say okay i'll do it then just get off my leg even if they're on every level the single most unsuitable person in the village to do that job 
which is why we've now got Brian marching around the village green being a town crier, Auntie mm-hmm. Peggy running the touch rugby sessions, Jimus DJing, <laughs> Clive Horriban on the shooting range, and Hilda Ogden manning the bouncy castle. Brian only said yes, really, because he thought he'd have a chance at amusing his bouche with the Duxford sisters. I always think there are three of them and they have their hair in victory rolls. I think I must associate them with the Beverly or the Andrews sisters. Maybe there are three and one's just really quiet. Matt is playing a blinder. Rather than popping out of the plug hole at the Dower House every five minutes and waving cheerfully at Lillian as she tries to lather her loofah in peace, he's taken her at her word and is ignoring her, which is driving her crackers. So instead, he trotted off to the stables to annoy Alistair by waving tenors at him and asking if he fancied a bet on how much it would take to start him gambling again. Then he went off with Anisha to go and check racehorses for his imaginary horsey farm in Costa Rica. She palpated legs and tendons, inspected his teeth and checked for genital abnormalities, then told him to hurry up and get in the car or they'd be late. This silly race course of Matt and Latif's is made much more amusing, I have found. If you imagine Matt and Latif saying horsies and everyone else saying horses, we're collecting money for horsey racing. Over at the Dower House, Lillian casually dropped an atom bomb into the lunchtime conversation. You know my house, Justin, darling, the one we spent a fortune doing up. Well, turns out it's not mine. Silly me, brain like a sieve. For Justin, it's like the tree he's been weeing up for the last six months have just fallen over and hit him on the head. Poor Oliver drifted round the village like a fart in a phone box, trying to find something to take his mind off Caroline. He went for endless walks in which people stopped him and asked him how much on a scale of one to ten he was missing Caroline. Going back to the stables wasn't very much cheerier, as once again the scriptwriters have remembered that they'd got an Alistair propped up against the back wall. It had been there for ages, so they thought they'd better check it still worked, so they got it out, blew the dust off it, and tried to work out what to do with it. Oh, I know! Let's remind everyone that he's a bit of a slot zombie, and then absolutely out of a clear blue sky make him have a gigantic row with Shula. I mean, I know I've been away for a little bit, but I was listening. And honestly, the last time we were at the stables, those two were so lovey-dovey, it felt a trifle embarrassing listening in. And now they're like Burton and Taylor with a weight problem. Honestly, scriptwriters, you cannot just light a match under a couple every time you need a new storyline. There's got to be a bit of a smoulder going on. It's like people who chuck petrol on a barbecue and are then surprised when their conservatory takes off. I was a bit baffled when Matt referred to Alistair as a horse doper. As I thought he said, a whore's doper. And I thought, blimey, I don't remember that. He's more exciting than I thought. Rent-a-Cores Jill is now the Sinead O'Connor of Ambridge, gobbing off in the Borchester Echo in BBC Radio Borchester with a Wayne Foley about any cause her fevered imagination happens to have landed on that morning. Also loafers, ban them, I don't like them, and pierced ears. She described herself as being signed up for all kinds of causes which made me start singing raindrops on roses and bus stops and badgers for the rest of the day. Adam has rushed to make things better for the pickers. To be honest, the biggest threat to the pickers in Ambridge is um, Adam. But they've now got security cameras to protect them. Security cameras, conning towers, attack dogs, and Hilda Ogden does a patrol every hour. And in a flood of testosterone, oestrogen and other more unpleasant things, Anisha and Rex have finally got it together. She's a weird one, that woman. She had a hissy fit because she thought he'd gone off with somebody else who collected China, then seemed relieved that he hadn't slept with her, then told him he was boring because he hadn't slept with her, then invited him in for a coffee and a lie down. She tries to do a sort of Lauren Bacall impression and says, Oh, I wouldn't get involved with me. I'm trouble. As if she's lying back on silk sheets smoking a fag. And then 30 seconds later, she's shouting at him for leaving his shoes in the wrong place. She's the type of woman who organises Anne Summers parties but keeps her bra on in bed. I've met women like that. (laughs) And she's right. They are trouble, but only in the shouting through your letterbox at 3am sort of way. So, good luck, Rex, my boy. You are going to need it. The end. Oh, dear. Well, I have to say, I mean, I still... That was better than usual. I'm trying to come up with a new... I'm trying to come up with a new (laughs) comeback at the end, and none of them are working, and none of them... (laughs) A complimentary. Um, but it's, it's, it's all to do with the sleeve of each that this week's uh, show is brought to you by. Um, you know, I'm, I still like, I still like Anisha. Do I have you? to show you. Yeah, but that's because well, you it's... like nutty women, though, don't you? You do have a penchant for the loon, let's face it. Well, quite possibly, quite possibly. You and um, Royfield, in fact, you've cornered the bloody market in loons. Well, there we go. But, um, <laughs> but... 
Oh, it's just thought when she was checking out the major organs of those <laughs> stallions <laughs> and then palpating their fetlocks. And I was, I, I was, I nearly fell off my bike while I was listening. <laughs> you know, they're not stallions, don't you? Stallions can't run because they're bits. They have their knobs chopped off. Yes, I know. Yes, well, yes, yes, I've yes. got news for you. <laughs> I've got news for you. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Don't to know. <laughs> I think I'd better pour myself another glass of Slivovice. I think you should. Oh, crikey. It's a very heavy bottle. Say, right. All of it. So, I've got a couple of things that... Mm, have you? Yes, you've just told yeah. me that. I've only got a couple of things, yeah. Um, <laughs> Fallon and Harrison, yeah, I mean, you're so right. I mean, they sorted out a mortgage and what well, they hadn't even had the, the survey done, but yet they'd had a mortgage and then... And also, just getting really Cosmo-ish and boring, she Mm. hasn't run her company for long enough to have three years' worth of audited accounts. (sighs) Sorry, I'm putting myself to sleep. But it's true! Yep. They've been doing it on one salary. Mm. And what, a policeman gets uh, mid-30s at his age? Lot is not a happy one, we know that. Yeah, oh well. Mm. But... Yeah, well, I can't afford a house, and well, because I spend most of my money on on drink and and lavish holidays. But mm. I'm happy, mm. very happy. And Matt, and let's go back to Matt and Anisha. Um, this Matt and Anisha, Alistair Shuler, Justin Lillian thing. He, <laughs> Matt, is becoming the the hub in a very wonky looking <laughs> wheel, isn't he? He's everywhere. I mean, you can't. You can There is no scene in which Matt does not pop up going hello. <laughs> from behind, you know, somewhere. He's like, whoa, what the hell were you doing there? Jack in the box, isn't he? Or Jack in the box. But, yeah, not all of these. He can't cause trouble in all of these areas. So some of these are set up just as head head herrings. Red, oh, crikey, I shouldn't have had that extra shot. Red herrings, aren't they? I like head herrings. Yeah, well, uh, the less said about that, the better. Yeah, no, it is absolute change of subject. Roughly. It is absolutely uh, ridiculous, this thing. And and di- I didn't miss something, did I? That row with Shula and Alistair, that came mm. from nowhere. Yes, it did, but... I mean, he's been a bit pissy with Anisha, yes. But you, not to the extent when she said, you are always like this, you have been like this for ages. And you thought, I think two weeks, two weeks ago, when I left you to go on holiday, Shula... Your mother had not been arrested for throwing flapjacks at celebrities and you were all loved up with your husband. And now I come back and everything's gone to hell in a handcart. This happened last year when I went away. I just shouldn't go anymore. Well, well I can understand, you know, a flare up. Mm. He's under pressure. She's feeling it because of um, because of Caroline's death, etc. Mm. And she hasn't had a proper way to express her grief, as was pointed out by uh, Kent, I think. So maybe, maybe that's that's why there was this this bit of an argument. It depends whether this continues on. I mean, you'd think if it were like that, if it if it were just oh things got a little too much for them both, and and it was a straw that broke the camel's back or whatever, then there'd be a bit like oh sorry yeah I shouldn't have been like that yeah it's just because of this and this that I feel like that. But it it's sort of gone on a little longer than mm. that, hasn't it? Mm. And it was just mm. too. You know, surely we've done with the whole with the whole um, him gambling business, uh, and 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 yet they had to have that route to remind everybody that wasn't listening then that he had a problem with gambling and he couldn't tell anybody about it and Matt was involved and blah 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 blah. But you think there, there are other ways of doing that rather than just setting up a ludicrous row that doesn't sort of fit just to, to be able to have that conversation. Hmm. Uh, and I suppose if they'd have set that up just so that um, that, that Oliver moves out, but she's persuaded him to stay there. So, yeah. so is is there a a, a plot point there? Is, is there the only something plot to point was was that uh, Matt has something over Alistair? Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, that's it. And I guess you do need to, but do you need to sign? You do sort of need to signpost that for for newer listeners. But you're right; it could have been. There's any number it, it, of ways it could have been. They could have just had a chat without having to have a full-blown yeah. row about absolutely nothing that served no purpose, really, apart from just to, you know, I don't know. It just it just seemed really contrived to me. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. did think I did have a little weep this week. Oh, did you? Ed and Oliver 
yes. walking along when he when he put the the vase back together again, and he said, yeah. you, "You put me back together again." And um, mm. you know, yeah, I I found that very touching, but I, th- I think some people mocked it mercilessly because oh, really? they've got hearts of stone, bastards. Exactly. Yes, I'm a, I'm a sucker. I like Ed a lot, and I, I know, know that I do. I do. He's just he's. And um, oh, and something happened on Sunday, didn't it? That, that we're not going to talk about with with Ed as well, but uh, which just showed that he's a, a good egg. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. But I've always had a soft spot for Ed. But I think someone last week was saying that oh, that um, that he, he, they just he just got on their nerves. I guess, I guess but um, oh. I can't remember who it was. We're going to be careful what we say about listeners. Yeah, yes. we, we we love you all. But um, I've had quite a good time on Twitter, actually, with all the listeners this week. It's, Have you? it's Yes, yes. They've, they've, they've been keeping me company through a, a stressful week. Aww. And then today, someone sent me a picture of... Someone from Nairobi sent me a picture of chicken curry, which I thought was very strange. <laughs> but people are reminding me to feed the cat. Ah. People like Sally Hodgson. Thank you very much, Sally. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, who else have I been speaking to? Good, good grief, there's quite a lot. Uh, uh, I hope uh, the neighbours, these neighbours, whoever they are, don't listen to this programme. Or they'll be, oh, no. wherever they are, oh. they'll be thinking, bloody Nora, we should never have left it with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm a regular cat sitter for them. They're, they're close personal friends of mine. Um, they know how um, drunk I get, usually. So <laughs> they're usually just as drunk as me. So it's, it's almost like... That I'm there, still there, looking after the cat. It's just me going round and lying prostrate on their <laughs> prostrate on their sofa. Well, the, I have to say that, that this little cat, which is called Boo, oh, uh, Boo, yeah, named after Bukalet of Moor, which is a, a big mountain in Glencoe. Um, uh, she's nothing like Hilda Ogden. She's a bit skitty, a little bit skitty, but she's she's never scratched me. Uh, so she's, I'm, I'm, so I, I get along quite well with her. So I'm thanking, thanking the Lord that that, that I'm not looking after something like uh, Hilda Ogden, <laughs> which was. I, have you known? And I've noticed this is that um, she, has Jill always tried to slip in names of plants and flowers into every sentence, just showing off like some kind of psychotic Percy thrower. <laughs> She does. She says, does she do oh, that? look, they're, they're, your nemesis is hiding under those hostas over there. No, not, not those hostas, the ones hosta. or was it, or the one next to the peonies beneath, <laughs> beneath the laburnum. Uh, you know, just next to the... Just under uh, the viburnum fragrance. <laughs> yes. Shut up, Jill. I think she's... Yeah, we need to actually, let's do the call now because uh, Louise oh, talks yeah. about Jill so we can tie it in. Okay, no. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Louise from Croughton in Northamptonshire on the Oxfordshire borders. First time caller in Laura. Started listening to the Archers in the 70s when I was a young child living on a dairy farm in the heart of rural Cheshire with large family around me and our local village pub was called The Bull, which I believe the picture on your um, Dumpty Dam website is of the bull in the village where I grew up. Coincidental. My name is Mrs. Utree on the Twitters, and my first memories of the Archers really were when I was doing my A levels in the early 80s, and I think Shula was um, having a relationship with Neil Carter, the pig man. So that probably makes me a Shula. Um, reason for my call this week is that um, two things. One, that uh, Jill, maybe the reason that her slightly cha- um, strange change of character is something to do with her health, more in her mental health, and perhaps we have another dementia storyline coming up. And secondly, um, wanted to talk about Ed Grundy and um, his girlfriend and their desire to get a house on their affordable housing that uh, Justin Elliott is about to build. We in this household don't believe that they would ever get a mortgage sizable enough to actually pay for the house. Ambridge Tea Rooms and the Chicken Factory 
and some contracting work on a freelance basis will not give them the mortgage they require, sadly. Thank you very much for being a new caller in the rough, Louise. Um, you ticked all the boxes. I think even Ooh. Rufa couldn't... F- oh, he'd want to know what you did for a living. Um, well, now, I was also thinking, is this obsession she's developed with the Duxford sisters and the the wasting food thing and this kind of, you know, um, uh, this sudden kind of... Um, uh, Activism. <laughs> go, go, and, go, and going completely against type by suddenly realising that there's more to life than lemon drizzle cake, as she puts it. Oh. Um, it, they said Louise was 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 positing the suggestion that it might be a, a sort of a herald of some sort of dementia storyline. But in one of a group of our listeners went to an event recently where Paddy was there, um, right. Paddy Green, who plays Jill, and she said on the platform, "No, absolutely not. There is no dementia storyline coming up." So it's not that. It is just I think she is genuinely. She suddenly realised she's bored to tears. Yeah. Which I think is fair enough. And I did like it when Kirsty said, you can't come on the demonstration because you're too old. And she said, mm-hmm. no, what the earth has that got to do with it? And I thought it's absolutely nothing got to do. It's got absolutely nothing to do with it. Of course you can go on there, on there you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. The fact I'm, that, I'm quite that, enjoying that it. Thing. It's a hell of a lot that more whole... interesting. Yeah, well, that, that, I have to say that that whole scene, the, the flapjack throwing incident, which of course was last week, so perhaps we shouldn't go over it for too long but um it was a bit daft wasn't it it was completely ridiculous yes yes but you know sometimes you've got to have ridiculousness to uh, highlight um i don't know what i was about to say then <laughs> it doesn't really that's a sliver of each i can only apologize from now on <laughs> i'm going to be incoherent and 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 and, and, and sloshy and slurry slobbery lovely mm. Mm. So um, i've got I've got a shirt on. No need to worry. <laughs> Should we have coggy? For the moment. <laughs> God. Should we have coggy now? Oh, go on, if we must. If we must? That's not very nice. <laughs> Hello, coggy. Hello. This is a reasonably new listener uh, and a first-time caller in her. The handle I think I'll go by is coggy. And I have two pot predictions, the first of which is that Matt will have recorded the conversation he had with Justin uh, on the doorstep where Justin admitted sabotage in the Investors Day and I expect Matt will use that to uh, reinforce his position and do some damage to Justin uh, with Melling obviously um, and the second prediction is around the ownership of the cottage it seems very unlikely that Matt would have given away such a large asset and it would appear that the solicitors aren't uh, as open as Lillian would expect and therefore are somehow in Matt's pocket or not the solicitors at all. So those are my two plot predictions um, and uh, carry on with the good work. Thank you. Now, I like this idea yeah. that Matt's solicitors are made up about the house and that actually the whole thing is some massive... I think because, as you said... Matt seems to have his finger in more pies than Mary Berry. It's kind yeah. of quite difficult to um, to establish what he's... It's quite easy to just see cons- paranoid conspiracies everywhere yes. involving Matt because so much is does involve Matt. Um, but I do... I quite like the idea that all this trustee business and, you know, that was hilarious when he found out just in fr- he nearly blew a gasket, didn't he, when he found out he'd been living in Matt's And understandably, too. But <laughs> my view is that well, if if there is something dodgy going on, why why would Matt then say that he's a trustee? Because that makes it sound dodgy. So you surely you would you would try and make it sound as normal and a, and mm. above board as possible. There that something something's afoot. Something's yeah. brewing. Yeah, I, I don't deny that. Yeah. But, but there this horsey so many... racing, I was starting to think, well, he can't have he can't have dragged all these people into some ludicrous scam about horsey racing without them all knowing what he was doing. You know, it's, he, can't, hmm. he can't have just set an entire shell company up just to humiliate Justin. That would be tough. No. <laughs> but you do start... Well, we have... We haven't met uh, Roger. Was it Roger Melling? No. What's his name? Hugo Melling. Roger, Hugo, not Roger yeah. Melly, the man off the telly. But we haven't met Hugo Melling. We 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 heard him waft by yes. off microphone, didn't we? And onto um, cardboard. Have a little, 
have a little moment because she said he yes. was very distinguished looking, isn't he? <laughs> but Hugo could be an actor. He could. Matt could now have employed an actor. Now you're getting as actor. mad as me and Coggy. <laughs> Coggy's conspiracies. Da, 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 da. And he said also that Matt will have recorded the conversation with Justin when Justin admits stuffing up Visitor's Day. The thing is, though, he doesn't need to do that because... No. Everybody that Justin spoke to, he said, knows no, that. He said, yeah, he's a bit of a bad egg, this Matt. Don't do me a favour. Don't, don't, don't go, will you? And they all went, righto. Oh, wah, wah. See you at the golf mm. club. And um, he's got no reason to keep that secret because I think he was extremely open about, you know, he just pulled all his strings, didn't he? And said, I don't want this to work out. So let's make it not work out. Yep. Yeah. It so, was extremely successful. So, but there must be something. We haven't, we, ooh. We, we're not pulling on the right thread yet, no. but there's there's something going. And someone someone else said to me today, actually uh, at work, they said, "Well, okay, so if Justin buys the Dow House for a million quid or whatever it's worth, um, and then Lillian and Justin split up, that means Lillian hasn't got anywhere to live, so she'll yeah. have to move back in with Brian." <laughs> and, and, and Jennifer. Ooh, that would be. Worth, I like that. <laughs> so did I. Yes. His his stock of claret will be somewhat diminished. Brian's little face falling again. <laughs> Do you know what? I have got a Christmas prediction. Oh. Well, how about this? Right. Mm-hmm. This is a very specific because I've even got the words that are going to be used. There'll be a Christmas wedding, mm-hmm. an attempted Christmas wedding. It will be something like the day before Christmas Eve. The um Lillian will back out. <gasps> Justin will be Justin will leave Ambridge and mm-hmm. the last words of the Christmas episode will be Happy Christmas Puscat. Uh, oh my god. Oh, that sent shivers down my spine. Goodness me. Could I might happen, though, couldn't Anisha it? to palpate it. Could, uh, <laughs> could happen. It could. It could. But it a little far fetched to have two jiltings in as many years. It won't be a jilting, it will be she'll call it off or something. She'll go through all okay. the, she'll go through all it won't be like a, she won't leave him at the altar, because it won't be an altar for a start. But she'll no. just panic and say no. Or she'll she'll just she'll do a sort of um a Philadelphia story and just swap the groom in. So she'll swap out Justin and swap <laughs> Matt in. <laughs> I see because I I do want Matt to stay. I do. And I do. Justin's a boring old son. He's so, but, funny. Um, Matt's funny. I but know. I had forgotten see, that he'd completely corrupted Alistair on the gambling. See, I, I wasn't around when that happened. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a gambler. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand the draw of gambling. Um, I don't even. I, 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 slot machines. So he was horse gambling, was he? And um, No, it's cards. Hmm. Was it cards? Yeah. Oh, yes, because he re- referred to poker, didn't he? Yeah. In gangster terminology, you'd call him a uh, Spieler. A Spieler, mm. a player. It's German for play, isn't it, yeah. I believe? Um, see, that's me talking down to people. Um, <laughs> Thank you for mansplaining the word that I just told you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's how I operate. Um, <laughs> I can see why you're on your own, actually. I can see. Um, I sp- oh, bloody <laughs> hell. Fire. <laughs> You, oh, wait, on, Lucy Freeman. you wait, Lucy Ooh, V. Freeman. Mm. What does the V stand for? Virago. I v- know. Victory. That's what victory. it stands for. Um, I, actually, I asked my gangster friend, I said, what would you call, what's the, what would be the terminology for a, a gambler? And he said, a punter and a loser. And I said, yes, apart from that. And he said, a spieler. So there we go. But I don't understand why he can't tell anisha that he used to have because she's just put loads of money into his business yes i, I understand that but he's got not got a problem now it, it's like having a drinking problem I, know, I understand there's shame involved in it but he can he could tell her now and say look i've had this problem and, uh, and this chap was implicated and that's why i don't want you associating with him yeah but i've got a friend who's alcoholic and he hasn't had a drink for 15 years but he still says i am alcoholic Yes, a, a recovery gambler. Says, I know, but do you? But you never really. If you have that addictive personality, you it doesn't. Not that I mean, I know that's contentious to say an addictive personality, but if you suffer with an addiction like that, it never really goes, does it? It's just being held at bay. 
So he yeah, can't really you're... say, I used to have a gambling problem. He could say, I have a gambling problem at the moment. I'm not gambling. That's as far as it can And it's go, under I control. Think. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give my money to somebody that I thought might have a gambling problem, even if I did think it was at bay at the moment, I don't think. So when was the last time you gambled? Me? Oh. You. Uh, you're crossing me now, aren't you? You kind of trying to catch me out or something. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, ah, no, that's right. Um, I thought I had to go and get the door, but I don't. No, um, I think that. I think that. I thought that was my doorbell. Oh, I was trying to ignore that. So loud. Um, I what? I have a bet on the Grand National every year, and and I lose. Okay. That's it. I always forget to bet on the Grand National every year. <laughs> and then when it wins, you think, now that's the one I would have bet on, you see. Absolutely. It yeah, sounds absolutely. so likely that that could have been and do, I think I do the odd sweepstake. Um, I don't do the National Lottery or Euro Millions or Scratch Cards or anything like that. Um, I, I can't remember the last time. I think the last time I bet on a horse was a Grand National about three or four years ago. The yeah. bugger lost. I think I ended up eating it in a Finder's crispy <laughs> pancake some months later. It's a horrible there competition, though, the Granish. Um I do like I do like going to horse racing though. I do like going to racing. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to Matt's. I used to invitation. go to the dogs at Walthamstow quite a lot. I quite like that. <laughs> I'm resisting I an know. obvious joke. Well done. Um but we used to have a dog track in Oxford uh, and a speedway track. Uh, they didn't race the dogs and the motorbikes at the same time. It, it would have been added a terrible... an extra frisson, wouldn't it? <laughs> Although, I mean, that could be a new sport. Can you, don't you think? <laughs> but um, and I went to the dogs there once. And, uh, yeah, and you put 50p on a bet and you get chicken. It's, you get in for a tenner, you get chicken in a basket and, and, and a free pint. And then you put 50p on each horse or whatever. And there's six races or whatever. Good fun. But, um, yeah. yeah, the dog track closed down. Yeah. Terrible. As did as well. Don't know how we've got onto dog track racing. Anyway, never mind. Uh, Shall we have another caller in or Let's. It is Moynas now. Ah. <laughs> ah. Are you doing your Thomas Hardy? Ah. Hello, Dum Dum. It's Moynas here. Long time no speak. And I'm fanning up to have a little burn about Emma. And I feel a bit guilty about it because Emma is one of my favourite characters because she's quite faced in. She will stand up for things. But I really don't like the way that she's been scripted at the moment because it just sounds like constant barracking every single episode. It's almost like they've had a focus group and they've tried to work out how many episodes a week do people who listen to The Archers actually listen to? Oh, they don't listen to every single episode, or some of them don't, so therefore we have to repeat the same thing in every single episode. Emma saying, people like us, it's not fair, we don't get houses. Well, it's just getting really, really boring. I would rather that um, Emma and some of the others actually got a little bit more political about this. You know, you could it's a terrible situation, whether you live in town or whether you live in country, that young people cannot get onto the property ladder. But also, I think it's sort of one of the things about this is that most people, until they reach a certain age, they rent. Now they're sort of, and you have to compromise with that. Um, it's I, I would have thought our cousins on the continent would be absolutely astounded to hear her moaning about the fact that we haven't got our own house when they're renting a very very nice property they might be living with their sort of family but that's what happens um so just to plead to the script writers oh, can you tone it down a bit please because i don't think you're helping put the cause forward um also on that as far as planning permissions concerned um with the people who are going to be protesting against it do you know what on the whole when it comes to protesting against a sort of housing or any form of build like that the way the planning laws are now you haven't got much of a leg to stand on the biggest worry for emma and others who might be wishing to buy one of these properties is that once that parcel of land has got planning permission on it it is worth a huge amount more money than it currently is. And the chances are that Justin might sell it on. And then the next people who buy it can change the planning and have no social housing on them. Anyway, that's all from me. Speak to you soon. Bye. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, that, you're absolutely right. I was just thinking, I, I was cycling around uh, the Oxfordshire countryside while I was re-listening to the, the Omnibus uh, on Sunday and um, in the afternoon. No, I was listening because I downloaded it on the iPlayer. So because you know, sometimes it doesn't upload very quickly. So I had it on the iPlayer radio app thing. And um, I was just I was just uh, mounting the brow of a hill, so to speak. And um, for the 98th time, she said, not for the likes of us. I and know, I thought, that was the phrase. Whoever the says likes. the likes of us. <laughs> right you are, the likes of us. And Oh, God, dear. <laughs> the likes of us. Oh, people <laughs> like us or yeah, but the likes of us. Mm, I don't know. And, you know, she's saying that in front of her own mother, who is, mm. you know the world's most upwardly mobile woman. You know, it's just, just bizarre. She's got this strange... Um, ah, I don't know what it is. She, it's There's kind of a... I hate to say victim mentality about Emma because she's because she does work incredibly hard. Sorry, I've managed to unplug my microphone and I'm now plugging it back in again. That's all right. I've just spilt this sliver of each on my desk and it's melting the... melting the... Vi- melting the formica on the top. <laughs> nice um i um yes it's not victim mentality because she is much too hard working for that and much too kind of she's absolutely determined and you know but she is a bit eeyore-ish isn't she but she i think she's absolutely she's right very very resentful yeah and too too frigging right because also, she... how dare people who've got enormous houses tell emma that but they don't want their view ruined by houses that she might need to live in, you know. Well, it, as I said some months ago, um, and, uh, and lots of kind listeners back me up on that. I mean, there's a big problem in this whole country about housing, but in, in rural parts where there aren't great jobs necessarily, that even if there are jobs, they're not secure yep. because they're agricultural or they're seasonal. Yep. Uh, it depends on tourism, etc. And, and then you can't build and mm-hmm. then if you can build there's always some bleeding nimby Nimbie, down yeah. the street saying yeah. oh oh well oh well uh, uh yeah how it's big ruining is the view for my llamas yes the llamas. well how big is embridge hall i mean anything caught with hall on it has yeah. got to be quite big yes although i'm fairly sure that Susan would have quite liked to have called the bungalow Ambridge View Hall, given half a chance. But anyway, <laughs> yes, no, I, I, uh, this the the Thomas Hardiness is is getting a little wearing. I agree with you, Moynes, but I think Emma's point is sound. But I think she's in yeah. danger of doing to the rest of the village what she's doing to the listeners, which is bore them into irritation. Think, well, I hope you don't get your stupid house because she keeps going on about it all the time. I think she needs to find a more um. Uh, a slightly more um, engaging way of saying it rather than just going you all hate us don't you so at the moment we have four groups of people who uh, are having accommodation issues we have Lillian and Justin yeah we have Emma and Ed we have the Grundys as a whole and then we have Harrison and Fallon Mm. I should really say Fallon and Harrison. Mm. It's very sexist to say the man's name first. Fallon was on the scene first. You temporarily forgot Fallon's name. (laughs) Shut up. Just because you're right doesn't give you... (laughs) You forget, I work with Royfield. We have to do a lot of filling when between us we've forgotten everybody's names in Ambridge. (laughs) And you obviously know what men in the mid to late middle age (laughs) are like. Especially when they've been on the source. (laughs) Um, that is the end of the calls. Oh, that's a Aww. shame. Isn't it a shame that Naked Fingers didn't call in this week? I He'd know. have had something to say. He's so unreliable, though, and frequently pissed when he does ring in. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Back before podcasts existed. Indeed, back before there was even an internet. Thugs with shotguns burst into the village shop, taking the lovely Betty, clever Debbie, rich businessman Jack, and the waste of space that is Kate Aldridge hostage. One of the gun-toting raiders was the evil Clive Horobin, rumoured to be the son of not the layabout Bert, but of Darth Vader himself. Clive Skywalking Vader became a fugitive after this epic siege. His whereabouts shrouded in mystery as he was hidden and given succour by his sister Susan Carter the high priestess of gossip from the dairy in the village shop. Fortunately, Clive was eventually captured and brought to justice at Her Majesty's pleasure. Sadly, prison was not strong enough to contain the pure evil that was Clive Skywalking Vader, and he eventually escaped. And once freed, his hatred of our picturesque village quickly became manifest in devilish form. For reasons that are now lost in the dark midst of time and the many plot lines that have befallen our beloved Ambridge over its 66 years of broadcasting, he turned his deathly eye onto the saintly George Barford, he who was a noble soul and husband of Christine. On one fateful night upon release from bondage, Clive Skywalking Vader Horribin firebombed the Barford's home, the old police house, leaving George and Chris homeless and bereft of all possessions. All they had left was each other, and noble George supported Christine throughout this terrible ordeal until his untimely death, which sadly left her a widow. We can only speculate about how this story would have ended had they simply installed an ADT smoke detector. Would they have been alerted to the raging inferno sooner? Could they have saved their home and the contents therein before the flames of Vader destroyed everything which they held dear? Some believe it was the strain of the incident that caused George's untimely demise just one year after the fire. Some say you can't put a price on a life, but you can put a price on an ADT smoke detector. And guess what? They start from as little as 7p a day. Some say that's a small price to pay. G'day everyone and it's lovely to be back home after an amazing four weeks in Scotland. I saw some absolutely fantastic jazz in Edinburgh and I also met some lovely archers people. So if I met you in Edinburgh and you know who you are, we have a lovely meal out, then g'day and I hope you continue to listen to Dumpty Dum and if you weren't already listening to Dumpty Dum, I'm sure you are now. On our forum, oh, I'm sorry, I also have to say thank you so much to Yoga Bear looking after the social media. In fact, I had to text him and say, look, could you just rein it back a bit? You don't need to be so good. Uh, thanks to Yoga Bear, and we'll be sharing the job for a little while, um, unless he goes away. Uh, on the forum, we uh, had a uh, thread started by Fat Friend uh, on Wise William. Uh, Janice Pope on Team Matt or Team Justin. That friend also uh, started one on Justin and Bob. Uh, hate crimes at her home farm. And omnibus returning and a little rant from Connor Kinsella. So these are all worth looking at and getting involved. As uh, Yoga Bear said last week, we all need to get a little bit more involved. 
Um, I came back to Australia and my podcast had a hissy fit, so the first day I had problems getting hold of my arches. So I asked if anything had been happening uh, just in the two days when I was travelling, and Pope said there was some talk of Jazz's crack and flowers, what not, <laughs> which rather tickled me. But luckily my podcast uh, started to play nice, and then we had a bit of a prediction about how the Matt, Anisha and Alistair story would play out. Charles Ping said Alistair will mention Anisha's horse expedition to Justin, who will consequently talk to Latif. Some scam element will come to light, and Justin will crush Matt with ill-disguised relish. Lillian won't try and save him. Anisha will apologise to Alistair and start to become a team player, not a prima donna. I think you need to be writing for the artists, Charles. Uh, Paul Shu said, we already know how erratic or just how erratically written Anisha is regarding Rex. So despite being totally nonchalant about Matt's checkered past, when she finds out about Alistair's faults, gambling and spinelessness, basically, she'll suddenly take a stance of righteous indignity. The logical thing then would be for her to sail out of Ambridge and out of the Archers and seek her fortune elsewhere. But there's too much unfinished or unstarted business with the Anisha Rex Pip Triangle. So she and Alistair will patch things up with banal suddenness, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Roy, nice try or never stood a chance. And Zany Zany Salad said, they'll be together by the end of the year. So we'll see if you're right, Zany. Uh, there were a range of housing uh, conversation stories happening in uh, Ambridge this week, weren't there? And we just wondered whether everybody was enjoying the different points of view. It's quite different for Lillian than it is for um, Emma and, of course, for Fallon. Um, and Annabelle Vaughan said, I said earlier on Twitter that I completely agree with Royal explanation of why it might be feasible that Fallon and Harrison want to stay in Woodbine if they could buy it. My fiancé and I rent a teeny house in a very expensive city and are looking at moving out to the nearby sticks for something bigger. But if this place was ours, there are so many things I would do to improve the space, which I thought was really good insight. So thank you for that, Annabelle. Uh, we also talked... Oh, I also put up a link to David uh, Archer and other unusual ways of earning a living uh, from, uh, of course, our wonderful Tim Bentink. Uh, so you can uh, pre-order copies on Amazon there. And I also asked whether Matt can be a trustee if he's been convicted of fraud. Um that puzzled me a lot and Karen Cunningham said this has made me very cross Fagash has always prided herself on being business savvy and was quite the force in Am's side how just how could this legal arrangement have passed her by completely another step closer to Tiger and Puskat coming one again don't buy a hat for December just yet and Quentin Bennett also said don't know but why doesn't he just stand down now and leave the trust to handle the sale to Justin if that is needed at all. There's more, a lot more on that thread and I really do just go and have a look because uh, I'm not any kind of finance person but the whole thing did puzzle me so people way more intelligent and educated than me have jumped in. Please get involved in the forum, please get on to Facebook where both Yogabur and I would love to see you and until next week, hooroo! Thank you very much, Millie Bell. Now, thank you. People of the Dumpty Dum, I am having a Dumpty Dum quiz on September the 8th. Derek will be there. Also Parvel. Some other people if I can get them to come. It's in aid of refuge. It will take place at the Rosen Crown, which is a pub in Walthamstow on the Victoria Line. And it starts at seven o'clock and you can book up via Eventbrite. And I can't do any um, deductions, whatever, for pensioners or children or anything like that because it is for refuge and it's too complicated to do it on Eventbrite, quite frankly. Um, if you look at our Twitter feed, Yoko Bear has made it the pinned tweet so you can uh, book straight from there. Uh, but please come. It would be very lovely to see you. I'm really disappointed that I can't make it. I, I have I to know. say. I mean, I won't be crying too much because I'll be in California. But... I would like to have yes, made it. You'll struggle on. Very no disappointed. Doubt. I'll come to the next one whenever that might be. Okay. Now, speaking of which uh, events, that is, there's also an Oxford Dumpty Dum meetup on the evening of the th- of Thursday, the 31st of August. The venue and exact time to be announced, but you know, it's going to be about six, six thirty, something like that. I'll be making an appearance, but don't let that put you off. 
Uh, remember also to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Lucy, why don't you do the tweets of the week? <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, oh, I'm full of them. <laughs> Magnetic Flea said, I look forward to the plot when Matt fakes his own death. He seems the most likely <laughs> candidate. Do you know that's true? I oh, my God. I haven't... <gasps> what? I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. A, I really like the, the Twitter name Magnetic Flea. I know. And uh, B, Matt faking his own death. That is so... That is so... It would be what's, a lovely what's Reggie Perrin type thing, wouldn't it? Do you think it yeah, a bit like um, that Darwin chap that went off in a yeah, canoe? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> With Lillian saying, I don't know where he's gone when he's paddling up the am. She knows exactly where he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's all full of conspiracy theories, isn't I know, it? Yeah, we've all gone a bit X-Files. Um, yeah. Right, next. Tara Perso. This is very clever. What's no. the difference between a fate and a fair? You go to a fate, you have an affair. <laughs> uh, Sam Mary D. Mark II said Susan doesn't want riffraff in the village. She doesn't want the competition. <laughs> D. Daly. Oh, these are quite, these are wildian in, the, in their wit this, this week, aren't they? D. Daly said, Emma, don't call your mother a snob. She's a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> and treat the week. Treat. Tweet of the week is Christine Adgo. He said, Not a lot of people know that Dostoyevsky's editor cut the flapjack scenes from Crime and Punishment. <laughs> Tell you what, we've got we've got we've got quite an erudite listenership, haven't and we? Every tweet was from a woman. Not Don't deliberate. Be I just realised that when I look back. Yeah, blokes are all thick and gittish though, aren't they, generally? <laughs> In fact, you and Coggy uh, you are representing the, 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 the men on this podcast. Gosh, no pressure then. You're holding it up between you. And I had terrible me. pressure from Witherspoon, who didn't call in this week because he's out and about uh, gallivanting on holiday or something in uh, New York or whatever. But um, And he, he tweeted me to say, are, are, are you doing it this week? And I said, yes. He said, oh, looking forward to laughing a lot. It's, like, oh, <laughs> no pressure it's horrible there, when people say <laughs> I'm not a professional comedy writer. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Goodness me. I have to tell you, Lucy, it's... I've I missed doing this because Royfield oh. stole last week's programme. For various reasons. I don't know why. He, he wanted to hang out with Angela, I think. Yeah, but well, um, But I tell you what, I'm really glad to be back in the saddle. And it's really Aww. nice to... Uh, to have you back too. Oh. I mean that, even though I've had like, several shots of Slivovica. I'm amazed you can still say Slivovica. So am I. When you start <laughs> calling it vodka, I'll know you're really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Baby bio next. Shots of baby bio. <laughs> it's almost uh, like a bigger bomb, isn't it? It's baby a... bio and Blake, break fluid. Blake think... fluid. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I have to have to drink. By the way, I, I, I was in Mark's. Mm-hmm. Earlier, were you buying pants? Um, no, I was buying supper. See, yeah. not only sitting room, but supper. Mm. I've learned. Cory Caulfield has taught me well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I did consider buying that that beige sludge <laughs> for dinner, but I thought oh, that might irritate Lucy. <laughs> so I, this so is I, good. I, I like this. I like people that understand. That my 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 irrational uh, my irrational dislikes of things have no bounds and no reasonableness, and that it's best to just give in sometimes and say yes. For some reason, you don't like me eating brown sludge, so I won't buy it. Very good. So I got some other Green kind sludge. of brown sludge with a, a tomato <laughs> on top. <laughs> I vegetarian t- a vegetarian moussaka tonight. Yeah. Um, I'll be tweeting the results later for all who are interested. Yeah. <laughs> Which is no one. <laughs> you mean the results when they come out of the microwave? Yeah. Not the eventual results, please, God. There used to be a website, didn't there? Ah, shut up! That? I don't want to know about that either. Ratemypoo.com. <laughs> no! Everyone go and look at it. <laughs> 
Oh, Lork's a mussy. Can you imagine? <laughs> By the way, um, we're doing very well on the iTunes, aren't we? We are. We're number 14 in the in the hit parade. Crikey, it's like being a celebrity, isn't it? Do you think one of us should go on Celebrity Big Brother next year? Yes, you. I would, yes. Does that mean I get to shag someone as well? I think it's in your contract, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think you get asked to leave if you manage to keep your trousers on and you don't have your little bits bobbling around in the hot tub. Like a little <laughs> oh, poached I've only egg. ever been in a hot tub <laughs> once. And that was very recently because, you know, you don't get many hot tubs in the UK, do you? So I'm, maybe when I'm in California in September, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into a hot tub again. Okay. Don't send us a picture. <laughs> I'm not taking my iPhone anywhere near a hot tub. <laughs> it's not insured. And I don't have, I could put it in a Ziploc bag, I guess. So, well, you know, when I go cycling, because, dear listener, you know that I, I go cycling quite a lot, as I mentioned. Um, but I've, I've stumbled upon a way, because it, it gets a bit sweaty or whatever, and you don't want sweat to ingress into your iPhone um, crevices. Uh, so I've taken to wrapping my iPhone in cling film, mm. and it seems to work. But you do get uh, you do get strange looks if you stop along the way to buy water at a co-op, and your iPhone is in essentially a, a makeshift condom. <laughs> you do very strange looks, and Not... also uh, there are quite a few waitros on on the routes I take: Wallingford, Abingdon, etc. And I have noticed that, I don't know, it might be at the weekend, that, that they do employ lots of like, quite attractive-looking young men and women in quite smart uniforms in, mm. in Waitrose. It's not. It's quite a stark contrast to the Aldi I went in for the first time. I've never been in an Aldi before. <laughs> oh, I sound like a terrible fucking snob. <laughs> you are a terrible fucking snob. So are you, Lucy. I know, but I admit it. So do I. <laughs> I am a terrible snob. Um, but yeah, I just... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Rewind, if you can. Yes. What does the fact that Waitrose employs attractive checkout staff got to do with the fact I'm... that your phone's wrapped in cling film? Well, I, I'm, I'm loath to get my, phone, my cling film clad... <laughs> phone out in Waitrose in, th in case they think I'm bonkers. Well, at the airport, we have yeah. this, 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 um, because uh, we like going snorkeling. Oh, and, yes. Um, William, my son, is not very good at, um, at coordinating breathing and looking at things and everything. How old is he? Choking. 12. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so uh, we got this all in one snorkel thing with the tube that comes out the top. Oh, yeah. And um, it looks like a bloody gimp mask. <laughs> so, Simon oh and I... Oh, my God. Simon, really? Simon, uh, could you send me a link? I might no, need to purchase Simon, one. No, Simon and I are in the queue for the... For the, <laughs> the children are luckily on the side of the airport, not the, you know, standing out of the queue. And we're putting our security things through. And I suddenly turned to him and go, oh, did we bring the gimp mask? <laughs> <laughs> that's what we referred to it and the entire queue which was sadly all english people just went silent and desperately tried <laughs> not to look at us while looking at us which was close <sighs> yes oh, anyway that if, definitely yeah. goes under the list of things you should not say in security <laughs> at an airport or indeed anywhere else unless you're at some sort of fetish party also can i can I also suggest that you do not pack uh three and a half kilos of marzipan to take to the United States. <laughs> Royfield. <laughs> oh dear, I'm definitely on a watch list. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> right. Anyway, should we round things off? Yes, if you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site or you can sponsor us via patreon.com yeah and as i said uh we're doing really well on itunes and we want to remain doing well so go along to itunes or any other podcatcher write us a review and and like us and uh, also i i'm told if you 
This is really dangerous. If you unsubscribe and subscribe again, we go way up. Oh, that's cheating. Yes. I don't want to get there through cheating. I want to get there through properness. Yeah, remember Brexit and how they cheated? It's, it's about time we fought back. Anyway, do it. Don't listen to it. You can find Dumpty Dum at Dumpty Dum on the Twitters, and I can be found at Naked Fingers. That's at Naked Fingers, all one word. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. Marvellous. It is lovely to have you back. I've missed you. Oh, you massive liar. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse this week. <laughs> I was at a party on Friday. Mm. Oh, lovely. Thanks for the invite. It was, okay. No, I was at it. And it was very nice. And um, uh, it got to about quarter You were to at 12. it at a party. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I went out into the garden and there was uh, a yeah. man there. No, there was a gentleman there who was very sweet. And he turned around and said, I just want to tell you that you've got the most beautiful eyes. And I said, oh, goodness, thank you. And trotted back inside again, sat down to this, next to this lady, who's also very nice, who turned around and said, I've decided I'm going to tell you that I find you completely inspirational. She said, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to go home because the My only God. way out of this is down very rapidly when all these people realise how drunk they are or they start telling me, you know, all the butts happens. If only you were just do so and so, you and your life would be so much better. You know, find God or become vegan or something. So I thought oh. I'm just going to leave while they're all drunk enough to say nice things. It's very nice. So I, I just left in a haze of congratulation. And then the host rang me the next day to tell me that one of the people was so drunk that they spent £8,000 on a painting that night. Jesus wept. Yes. Well, at least it's, it's an investment. Isn't... Was in. <laughs> mm. So anyway, I, 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 I went out with my nephew. Yes. Did you go and do young person's things? Yes, we got in Did an you? Uber and we went to... So we went to a bar in Leeds called... What was it called? Oh, it was called... It was, oh, it, it was a cat theme, the Mean-Eyed Cat. So it wasn't Which the mean-eyed cat, exactly. Uh, the mean-eyed cat, and it was, um, it was, it was uh, sort of a country, an, an American uh, sort of drinking shack themed right. place, and it had Johnny Cash on the jukebox, excellent, and they made cocktails and they had interesting beers. Um, yeah, they had a, actually, I, they had one beer called a Neapolitan ice cream which I was reliably informed tasted just like Neapolitan ice cream. So I didn't have any. Because um, I like my beer to sort of taste like, like beer. beer. Yeah. I just can't be I doing don't... all those Belgians, Belgians that put orange Oh, yeah, in. it's all a bit germaline. <sighs> it's a bit germaline, yeah. isn't it? For fuck's sake. Well, they say it tastes like cranberries. And I think, well, I don't like cranberries on their own, let alone in my beer. What's, you know, yeah. ridiculous. When I drink wine, I don't want it to taste of grapes. But when I drink beer, I want it to taste of wheat and hops. Oh, this is me talking down to people again. So anyway, we went to uh, we went to this and place. And other things that are in beer, in case there's ladies listening who don't know. <laughs> anyway, shut up. Um, uh, anyway, so every you've got a free six-inch pizza, oh, free six-inch yes. pizza, homemade pizza with every beer, and there were lovely pizzas too. And um, just the one they didn't keep bringing you the more beers that you ordered. Oh yeah, yeah, with every pe- with every beer, with every drink, you got a free pizza, and um, you know they're s- small six-inch ones, sliders. They call them sliders in America because you can yes. slide them down the bar, I guess. I'm just making that up, but I think that's why they call them sliders. So we we, we went to this place, and um, with every, they don't have a happy hour. They have um, between uh, this time and that time, whatever it is from six till nine o'clock. Um, you can roll a die, and if you get a two or a four, the two you get 25% off, four you get uh, 50% off your round, and if you roll a six, it's free. Really? Yeah. So um, I ordered the two beers and two pizzas. It was a chorizo and whatever pizza and a guacamole and blah, blah. Really, really nice homemade pizzas, actually. And um, 
and she handed me the, the the woman behind the bar handed me the the little shot glass that had the dye in it and um she turned away and as she turned away i rolled the dye and it landed on a six but of course the bar person has to bloody witness this so um ah. i missed out, missed out on my free round and it has it as it as it as it happens no sorry sorry for the uh, has it happened i can't say it i've, I've had too much sleep a week here. um okay shall i just let me just go away i just need to go away and come back in again he's completely pissed listeners as it happens um i, I rolled the two so i got 25 percent off but it was really good really Excellent. good what was the point of that? I don't I, know. I ask you. Has it made you feel happier? Not really. No. Well, <laughs> isn't the world in a terrible state? Have you fed the cat? Oh, shit. Right, go and do that. I will. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> With any luck, he'll edit from now on. <laughs> With any luck, the cat will still be alive. That's your biggest problem. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.